everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we are back. If you just listened to our last episode, we're immediately back from the last episode because we just stopped recording about 20 minutes ago. Um, we realized we had talked a little long about uh, the last couple tournaments we played in, but I feel like it's good content, so I, I don't want to cut a ton of it. Um, so rather than tack our spoiler stuff, on an hour into an episode, um, I figure I'd give y'all a chance to just get right to the good stuff if this is what you're here for. If you want to listen to spoiler uh, talk, we've got you covered, and we've got you covered right now. So, um, you know, Journey into Nyx uh, is a really exciting set. I, I'm, I'm really psyched about it. Um, before we start, though, I do want to say, um, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we just started a new Tumblr account. It's uh, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. And um, if you are the Tumblr user Turd Wizard, because I wanted to <laughs> say it again, um, you've won a Kiora uh, for following us on Tumblr. So um, get in touch with us, or we'll get in touch with you as well. And uh, you win a Kiora. We'll, we'll send one off to you. Um, follow us on Tumblr, because we're going to do some really unique stuff with that um, in terms of, like, you know, adding stuff that maybe isn't always magic related, but it'll be cool and related to Steven and myself. Um, <laughs> Turd wizard. Turd wizard is such a great name. Uh, like, he kind of gamed the system with that one. It's like, it's like, it was like when we played um, my bachelor party, it's like when we played um, cards against humanity and Joey kept, uh, you know, and Christina kept picking Joey's, answers mm -hmm. it's like that's not fair y'all have been I, together for like like almost 20 years like i, I just shudder to think what turd wizard's gonna do with that kiora i don't know i'm excited about having tumblr because it makes me feel young again <laughs> <laughs> which you know it's always good to have false hopes um so uh you know moving into spoiler season uh um you know bruce willis is a ghost <laughs> yeah you know actually um today somebody posted on facebook man all that work and the maltese and and it wasn't even the real maltese falcon i was like dude spoilers <laughs> i was like come yeah. on man <laughs> damn it you threw me off um okay so, actual spoilers yeah yeah so the pre-release is coming up uh this weekend and um you know uh at the pre-release, like they've been doing and as, and like, I actually don't like, but, um, whatever, I get why they do it and it's fun. Um, I'm just kind of of the mindset of every game of magic I play. I want it to be practiced for something else. So like getting these like pre-seeded boxes, um, I don't love it. Um, like I, 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 I understand it and I appreciate why they do it. And I'm not, it's not like I'm saying don't do it but I'm really looking forward to a pre-release that just is like the actual sealed pool for like PTQ season. Yeah. And it also kind of like ruins the surprise of kind of, cause some of the fun of this, you know, the pre-release is like, you don't know what you're going to play. It's, it's a bunch of new cards, but uh, when you, I mean, just, just because you actually know one of the cards that you're going to be playing, it's going to be a seated pack. You actually like think about it ahead of time and it kind of like puts you into, you already know what's going to happen to an extent, which right kind of lessened some of the fun of the pre-release. Yeah, no, I agree with that, you know, and, and like 
they want to guide newer players towards a deck and that's why they do it and that's fine you know but um you know it can be frustrating like when you feel like you don't need that sort of guidance or don't want that sort of guidance to have it forced upon you is kind of like you know i wish you had the option of just going no i just want a sealed pool you know what i mean like, yeah yeah uh, no i don't want a seated pack because i still feel like i i feel like i could you know, still, I don't, I don't feel like not having that seated pack would make me any less competitive at like a pre at a pre-release, you know, well, uh, speaking of the pre-release, um, they, there's five different promo cards or, you know, colors basically to choose from. Um, I, I was thinking we could go over them and actually, uh, rank which ones we like the best and which yeah. ones we think we're going to choose for the, the pre-release. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, you, uh, my rank, um, and uh, first of all, so I think I'm going to be playing white, mm -hmm. um, at the pre-release and, uh, mostly because of, uh, the, uh, the pre-release card. So my ranking is Dawnbringer Charioteers as number one, um, which is a white card. It's a, uh, two, four, uh, flying lifelink for two white and two. And it has heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Um, to me, that's the strongest card because it's flying, because it's lifelink. Um, so evasion and, like, you're racing typically in, like, in sealed anyway. So, like, having the evasion, having the life swing, um, and having it be aggressively costed in a deck that's, like, you know, probably turn five going to drop an observant owl seed on it in a perfect world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just feels like a really uh, important piece to have. Um, so, so I think that one's number one for me. Um, number, uh, the rest of my rankings are number two, Heroes Bane. Um, Heroes Bane is the uh, green. It's a uh, zero zero for two green and three. What a ripoff, right? Mm. Um, it enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it, so it's a four four for five. And then you can tap two green and two to put X plus one plus one counters on it where X is its power. So uh, that's pretty cool. It doesn't just double the counters. It, it you know so like if you've got like a madcap skills on it, just random card. You know what I mean? If you've got a madcap skills on it and you pay four, it'll add seven counters and not four. So I think that's that's, that's a really uh, cool thing to to think about. Um, really strong card. Um, I, you know, I, it, it could really go either way. I chose the Dawnbringer Charioteers over that because it has evasion. Um, next, I've got the Doomwake Giant. Uh, Doomwake Giant, um, it's a constellation when it or another, uh, well, I guess the rest of the abilities are important too. It's a 4-6 for a black and 4. Uh, so it says Doomwake Giant blocks everything. Um, no, it doesn't say that, but it might as well. Um, it's an enchantment creature giant. Whenever it or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus one till end of turn. Um, I mean, a board, a one-sided board wipe um, in, a, in a block where you're going to be playing a bunch of enchantments uh, seems pretty good. Um, and fourth and fifth, I've got Spawn of Thraxes. Spawn of Thraxes is... Um, that's the red... Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a dragon. Sorry, skipping around here. Spawn of Thraxes is a 5-5 five, five flyer for 2 red and 5. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to target creature or player equal to the number of mountains you control. 
Um, and then finally, Scourge of Fleets is a 6-6 for two blue and five. It's a Kraken. When it enters the battlefield, return each creature your opponents control with toughness X or less to their owner's hand, where X is the number of islands you control. Um, so I got those at four and five. Now, I feel like um, either one of those could go above Doomwake Giant. Because I don't think Doomwake Giant's all that great. But um, I feel like either of those could top Doomwake Giant if either cost one less. So if they were six drops, um, I feel like they would be better than the Doomwake Giant. Um, and I, it's actually funny that mine are ranked in order of converted mana cost. Huh. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's pretty uh, telling uh, what I'm looking for when I'm evaluating uh, cards for sealed. <laughs> I want the most power for the least amount of mana. I guess that's every card you evaluate, but like... That's pretty much how I evaluated them. Spawn of Thraxes over Scourge of Fleets because it has the evasion. Um, it seems like a good finisher. Although, you know, the Scourge of Fleets, uh, you could be bouncing quite a few things. But, um, you know, considering you're probably not playing mono blue in sealed, you're not going to bounce their whole board. You know, um, yeah. it, doesn't ev it doesn't have evasion. So it's not really going to get through where like Spawn of Thraxes could really end the game in a turn. If if uh, if they don't respond to it or if they don't have any way to deal with it, I mean, because you could either if they have no flyers, you can just beat them in the head and then you can come through for five next turn. Um, or if they have a flyer, you can blow up their flyer and then hit them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just seems like a pretty swingy card. Um, but that's my rank. How did you rank them? Uh, my rank number one was the Heroes Bane just because. I I was trying to think of like on an empty board, uh, which 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 uh, one of these cards would I be most afraid of, and the Heroes Bane one, it's it kind of acts like um, the Colonian Hydra, yeah, uh, from M14, where uh, like the like they're not going to swing with a four four, they're actually going to be you know swinging with an eight eight because you know you get to put as many counters as uh, as its power on it, and you get to do that instant speed, and it doesn't say you know you can only do this once per turn. Uh, so if it's like the really late game and you drop this, then it, it, it could just win the game in a single swing. True. Um, and I was just thinking of, you know, what comes down and if they don't have removal, um, like just what would I be most afraid of? And I think just Heroes Bane is it because you could have literally nothing else going on. And that's, that, that could be where you dump your mana for the rest of the game and it'll just win you the game. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I, I don't know how good the removal is really in total in uh, Journey to Nyx, but... There wasn't really a lot of really great removal uh, in the first two sets that uh, would just make me not want to play this card. I mean, they basically have to have it, and they have to have it within a turn before it just gets completely out of hand. So I think Heroes Bane's number one. Um, number two and three was kind of tough. Uh, it was between Doomwick Giant and Dawnbringer Chariot. Um, I actually think uh I think both of these, uh, there's <laughs> the potential for them to somehow see constructed play and like very fringe playability, but... Uh, I put I put Doomwake Giant just because I like to go to Magical Christmas Land and uh, it really depends on if you have the cards in your deck to enable it. So that's the thing I'm not really sure if there's going to be enough uh, first constellation cards and then second other enchantments to really make like a a constellation deck, especially in sealed. But I mean, if you do, then I think Doomwake Giant has potentially the most upside of of, of any of these cards. If you if you could follow up with like two. Uh, enchantments the next turn, then that's obviously like just just an amazing effect. But um, it, it was really close between Doomwake Giant and Dawnbringer Chariot. If you if you have the cards for Doomwake Giant, it's better. If you have the you know 
heroic enabler cards and like an aggressive curve for Dawnbringer Chariot. Dawnbringer Chariot's kind of like a, uh, it feels like a, a heroic card that you cast earlier that you also got like, you know, um, a hopeful Eidolon attached to it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and so it feels like a pre-built uh, heroic card, but then you could, you know, you could actually, you could keep adding to it and it's got just already very large toughness and lifelinks, obviously uh, great in a racing situation, which uh, a heroic and aggro deck's going to be in. So, um, I'm still going to just, I'm going to do two, Doomwake Giant number two, Dawnbringer Chariot number three, and then uh, Scourge of Fleetings and Spawn of Thraxis are just much worse than either of those three. And uh, <laughs> it's just, they cost seven, and it's not like you're going to be hitting people for seven because that you'd be, you'd have a mono red deck at that point. Right. Um, like it, it, you know, there's a, there's a debate on whether yeah, seven drops even playable, um, much less like a five five flyer. I mean, you know, you, you'd you would expect to get something that big. It's not like you're getting like a bargain on any of these guys. So I put Scourge of Fleets uh, fourth just because the effect on the board it could have is potentially greater. Um, if you're you know if you're close to Mono Blue, then you're you're basically bouncing most of their board, which is uh pretty nice. That could almost allow you to win the game when you cast it if you have enough you know just anyone else to attack with. Um, but then I had Spawn of Thraxis last just because a five five dragon doesn't seem all that exciting for seven. You don't want to be swagging on a dragon? No swagging on a dragon. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, like, see, my problem with Doomwake Giant, and I get what you're saying, like, like the potential is there for it to have a really big impact on the board, but, like, what are the chances that you're going to have, first of all, like, you know, you have five mana to cast Doomwake Giant. You're probably sure. not going to have any mana to follow him up with no. a second enchantment that turn, but then, like, the chances of you having, like, two more enchantments in your hand <laughs> the following turn to really make that make sense. Like it just doesn't feel like the, the ability is strong. Activating the ability, I think is way too much work um, than it's going to be worth. That's true. I mean, the, the odds of you activating the heroic ability on, on the chariot for <laughs> is much higher than far greater because you're probably, <laughs> yeah. if you're playing white, you're probably playing a ton of heroic enablers. You know what I mean? So, that's just kind of, I feel like those, that card kind of, you know, and, and, I mean, you know, and a four, six isn't a terrible thing to have on the board. You know, I'm not saying like, if you open a Doomwake giant and you're playing black, I'm not saying don't play it. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, I'm not going to like choose to start with Doomwake giant as, as my building point. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to like choose the black pool so I can have the Doomwake giant to build around. Um, I feel like it's a lot tougher to uh, to make work. Whereas Dawnbringer Chariot, if you don't have any enablers, who cares? You got a two four flyer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like with lifelink, yeah. You just you just stop that vaporkin. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. And like um and and whatever else, you know, you just stop that Nimbus Naiad that they didn't bestow. It, it, it's it's a solid card on its own. And I get and like you know hearing you talk about Heroes Bane, that's why Heroes Bane's close second for me. So we're playing two at a giant on uh, Sunday, right? Sure. Are we definitely playing? Yeah. Right. So, uh, are you going to play green then? Um, maybe, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's actually out of town that weekend. So, uh, I'm going to, I don't know how many pre-releases I'm going to do, but the number is pretty high. Right. Um, so I might've played green once at least by then. <laughs> I think, I'll, I think for two head giant, I want to do black. I want, I want to get there with the Doomwake giant. Cause then we like, cause it's a, it's a combined pool, right? So right. like you could ship me all the enchantments and then uh, it's 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 for each opponent, right? True. Yeah. Let's get there. I want I want to try it. Okay, so you're gonna play black, and I'm gonna play white. Yeah. All right. 
You sure you don't want to play Scourge of Fleets? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, honestly, though, two-headed giant, again, you've got the 12 packs. You could probably build a solid mono blue deck with 12 packs. Well, he did last time. <laughs> you know? Return each creature your opponent's control. Yeah, so, you know, it, it'd work for both of them. That'd be a pretty big blowout. Yeah. Although, I've played two two-headed giants now, and I don't remember seven drops being relevant either time. We had the archetype of imagination. That was a six drop. That's true. But, like, yeah, seven... See, the problem with, like, a seven drop is it doesn't come down, like, a turn later than a six drop would. It comes down at least, like, two turns later. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go black. I don't want yeah. to get there. I want to live in the, the magical Christmas land. <laughs> where I drop three enchantments after that and sweep their board. All right, all right. Yeah, so, um, you know... Going into uh, the weekend and, uh, you know, especially going into limited going forward because we still have, um, you know, sealed PTQs next month um, that are going to use the full block for sealed, uh, which I'm pumped about. I'm excited. So uh, you were saying there's a lot of double strike stuff, right? Yeah. So I just noticed that um, at least like there there had only been like one or maybe two double strike cards in the entire block uh, going into journey. But I think there actually been like one in each set. There was the ghost blade Eidolon and born. And then there was the two headed Cerberus in, uh, in, uh, and at rare, they had fabled hero, I think. Right. That's right. Fabled hero is double strike too. Yeah. But these are like commons. Um, right. So they've got the, uh, sky spear cavalry, which is a two, two flyer for, uh, basically five. Um, let's see, where is that actually? Two white and three. Yeah, two white and three, and um, yeah, it's got it's got double strike. It's just a generic uh, flying double strike creature. Um, they also have uh, armament of Nyx, which is a two and a white for an enchantment and enchants creature. And uh, the enchanted creature has double strike as long as it's an enchantment. Otherwise, uh, you prevent all damage that would be dealt by the enchanted creature. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's there's been a ton of uh, just enchantment creatures, at least in Born and, and in Journey. Um, and I can even see that maybe making its way into Constructed if there's an all all enchantment creature deck, like as kind of a utility, either um, pacify or just, you know, give one of your guys with uh, Ethereal Arm or Double Strike. You know, that seems pretty good. Um, the other Double Strike card, it gives it at uh, actually instant speed, which you normally... Don't see it's a phalanx formation and That's it's really a, scary. Yeah, it's two and a white, um, and it has strive. Which um, the reminder text on strive, what is that? That's where uh, you can basically it's basically multi kicker, <laughs> um, but uh, you can like you can you can uh, pay one and a so it's two and a white and uh, any number of target creatures each gain double strike until end of turn. Uh, strive. The strive cost is one and a white, so for each additional creature after the first target, you can you can copy the spell basically to target additional creatures. It's just like a multi heroic uh, blowout enabler. Um, it just gives creatures uh, double strike at instant speed, which uh, can end the game pretty fast if if people are not doing their combat math correctly. It's just basically going to ruin combat math is for the remainder of the block. <laughs> is completely terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And you were saying, so I'm just kind of, sorry, I'm totally like skipping ahead of your notes here. Sure. Um, uh, you're talking about um, Oresco's Swift Claw, right? Yeah. So, I mean, for some reason it looked un- underwhelming at first, just as a common. I'm like, one, a white for a three one. It doesn't even have like a heroic trigger or anything like that. 
Um, because I was like, I was thinking of uh, the the three and a one for two and a white in uh, Born of the Gods, where the heroic enablers, you know, you you tap, you can just tap a target creature. Right. Right. Uh, but this comes down on turn two, and if people don't have their defenses set up yet, I mean, that's just a beating. Um, as I said before, the the PTQ. I had someone play a Loyal Pegasus into a Spirit of the Labyrinth, which is actually, I mean, that's a pretty underrated card. People just see that. They see like a, you know, some weird legacy death and taxes, you know, niche card. But, you know, a 3-1 for, for two beats down pretty well if you, if you, if you don't get your defenses up in time. Uh, so I think that's that's going to be a very strong card in the, as a non-heroic creature in the heroic aggro decks. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing... Um, what I thought was funny is that right after you're talking about how good that card is, you're saying that Lagana Band Trailblazer, um, you're th- like you're like it's been good, but it doesn't do anything till you get heroic. It's just a yoke dox. Yeah, but, it is. <laughs> but if you had a yoke dox, you wouldn't be so scared of Oresco Swift Claw or Spirit of the Labyrinth. You know, I mean, I think yeah. that I've played yoke dox and I'm fine with playing yoke dox um, because it really is. Like, I mean, it's a one drop. It's something if you have no other one drops and you're playing white, throw one or two of them in if you got them. Because if you're playing against like some sort of aggro deck, you drop one of those on turn one, they kind of go, oh, crap. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not much they can do. They can't get through it. Um, So, like, um, the Trailblazer is great, in my opinion, because Yoke Docks is already like, it's not playable, but you'll put it in. But. It's a kind of one of those cards where you're like, man, I wish this just did a little bit more, you know? And I feel yeah. like the, the, Swift, uh, the, the Trailblazer is that card, you know? I mean, you've got the four toughness. So if, you've got, if you're playing against um, one of those builds, like you were saying, where you just throw in all the aggro and hope to curve out, you know what I mean? This makes them frown very quickly. You know, that, that's true. And, I, I was looking at it more as like, uh, like, you know, I am the heroic deck and, and would I put this in there? I think this is like should be a pretty good test of heroic if, if it's if it's good enough to actually include because it's, um, you know, with Wingsteed Rider. I mean, the reason that's so good is just, you know, two, two flyer for three is just absolutely fine. And, you know, swings for two. Uh, this card in an aggro deck just does literal nothing until you actually trigger its heroic. So, um, yeah, I, I actually didn't see the other side of it where. It's yeah, yoke docks with some upside. <laughs> from, I think you. I think some you, defending against the heroic deck. Yeah, no, I think you absolutely play this card, um, because like even if you know you're going aggro on aggro, you know, like you can swing into them with this guy and without very little to fear, you know, because they 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 can't kill it. I mean, especially if you have combat tricks, mm-hmm. you know, swinging in with with the, like say you've got like I don't know. Say you've got an ordeal on him turn two, right? I mean, that's a yeah. great situation to be in. You know, like going turn one, this guy, turn two, ordeal, you already get a counter, you swing for the second counter. You know what I mean? You're, you've got a 2-6. You've got yeah. And, like, that's going to get through anything except for, like, the two one-drop death touch creatures that are out. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's, it's, just, it's just great. Like, if they drop anything, if they drop a... Yeah. Oresco Swift Claw, they can't do crap against that. They're like, yeah, okay, I guess I got to take two, you know? And like, okay, you're going to take three coming back. But I'm just saying, like, there's there's a way to make that work. And then also, I don't know, depending if you're playing green-white, you've got Savage Surge. 
You know what I mean? You can untap the thing, and all of a sudden you've got a big, beefy blocker mm-hmm. um, that's also pumped, and it's going to get you a lot of, uh, like, it's just, I just feel like you'll get a lot of benefit from the card. Um, Trailblazer's great. Um, it is awkward. I mean, I agree that it's like, yeah. oh, four? What am I supposed to do with this? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of awkward, but um, I, I, I think it's actually a great one-drop to have in, in the Heroic deck. I think it fits in there perfectly. Um, so now, um, that's all, I think that's all you had on white cards, right? Or no, no, you've uh, got for some limited. I, I have like a whole bunch on, on like constructed applications. Sure, sure, sure. So I've just got a couple things. The Ajani's presence, mm-hmm. um, that's the one that uh, makes indestructible, right? Yeah. And plus, plus, plus one, plus one. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good card. I mean, that's, that's going to be good. Um, I think that's going to see constructed play too, but, um, it might. I just like the the tricks that, for sure, it's going to save your guy, even if, you know, because previously, you know, you, you play your trick, but then they play their trick, and it gives them first strike, and then you just get completely two for one and blown out. Um, this one, you know, no matter what happens, your guy's uh, surviving this combat, basically. Uh, but I think, I, mean, I think a lot of the stripes are just going to be just great and limited. Sightless Brawler? Man, I love that card. It's cool. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Super aggro, um, you know works it just fits in great uh into like limited strategies and um i'm sure i mean i could see it having a home in like some sort of aggressive uh um heroic deck as well you know like in maybe stand- standard sure man sure um because i mean it's a three two on its own you can drop it on curve or uh later in the game you can trigger some heroic with it um We'll see if I mean there still hasn't been a heroic deck to to crack any sort of standard competitive play. There's that blue black one from uh, GP Beijing. An anomaly, you know what I mean? Like, no, seriously, what what other results does it put up? You know what I mean? Like, I mean that's it, yeah. Right, something has to come of it eventually in terms of like you know being playable in standard. Something has I, to come. I do think in this set they've pushed uh, heroic into something that is constructed playable. And, and that's the kind of. You know, that's the thing with, like, block-specific strategies anyway, is that, like, they're not always going to work until you see the whole block, you know? Um, Because you've got, like, two of three sets. You've got, like, you know, about three-fourths of what you're going to expect to see from those mechanics. So, um, you know, I think think we'll see some, some real changes to standard, uh, maybe, maybe before the fall. Like, I think you might start seeing some of these things come into the forefront uh, sooner rather than later. That's all I've really got for limited for white. For blue, there's um, hubris is kind of like, so they've started to make cards actually deal with all these, um, uh, like the Voltron strategies where, you know, you just build up a guy um, through bestow. And uh, so they've, they've got a couple answers to that kind of strategy um, in Journey to Nyx, one of which is Hubris, which is one in a blue for an instant, and you return target creature and all auras attached to it to their owner's hands. I'm it, it, on the surface. I wanted to say this seems really good. It seems like just a. It just depends on on how much mana they have available, um, because if they don't have it, like, you know, because I mean, it just it buys you as much time as it takes for them to recast everything. And if it's if it's something like you know where they they curved out, and but you know they only got four lands in play, but they just had something to bestow each turn. Uh, or, you know, put our deals on each turn. Um, you know, it's an incredible tempo hit. And it's it just either buys you a lot of time or it gives you enough tempo to, to win the game. So um, I feel like this is a really strong card. I mean, Retraction Helix, I feel like, is much worse. 
just because there's so many uh, drawbacks to this. And this just has such such a high amount of upside relative to any of the unsummoned effects um, for for this block, uh, just given how much how many enchantments there are running around. I, I feel like that's a just a really great common in limited. Yeah, and you know, um, I actually love this card, Hubris, um, and the reason why uh, is because this is the card that I feel I've wanted in this entire block, and that sounds funny, but um, when you're playing with all these bestow creatures, uh, but you're also trying to hit your curve, you know, sometimes you'll have an, a bestow creature out and then, or like, let's say like the creature you enchanted, uh, the bestow creature with dies. So you've got this like one, one for one out. And then you're like, Oh hell, observe an all, I'll see it. I'll slap that on my, uh, on my, on my hopeful idol on, or, you know, something. Yeah. And then you're like attacking with it. And then you draw like your wing steed rider, and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. crap, you know, why don't I have those cards anymore? <laughs> it's like one of those things that I've like wished that I had. I'm like, man, if only there was a way to get back, like, my creature and my creature it's enchanted with. I, I, I think there's more applications to it than just bouncing your opponent's creature, although that's a pretty awesome thing to be able to do, too, especially if they've got something super Voltron, you know? Yeah. Uh, just being able to start it completely over, because that's one of the problems. You bounce, like, you bounce a Wingsteed, rider with like three enchantments on it you know you've now got three creatures to block and they're going to recast their wingsteed rider mm -hmm. you know so at least you've got a way to reset all of it uh, which will set them back you know a couple turns trying to get back to that state but i like it for my own creatures almost just as much yeah the uh the other blue card that i liked in limited was uh riptide kybera it's uh yeah. it's two and a blue for an enchantment creature it's got flying and at the beginning of your upkeep uh, you return an enchantment you control to its owner's hand. It's a 3-4, and it's also an enchantment creature. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me a lot of uh, Esperzoa. Yeah. Um, if anyone ever drafted Byron Masters, or uh, I believe it's from Alara block. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it, it was kind of an engine where, you know, a seeming drawback, because, you know, you're getting a, a very large flyer for only three mana. That it could actually be used as like a, an engine for you know any kind of uh, comes into play effects for for artifacts and or in Riptide Chimera's case enchantments, which uh, plays into one of the major uh, mechanics of Journey, which is uh, constellation. So if there is a constellation deck, I mean this just seems like one of the best possible engine cards for that that there could be. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like it. I think that um, I like the fact that it costs three. Mm-hmm. Um, cause what flood tide serpent, that was an interesting, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that was the problem with flood tide serpent was that, um, a lot of times you wanted the flood tide serpent just to like get the engine online and like with the flood tide serpent, you have to attack. So there's a condition, there's like too many conditions where if you're just trying to like abuse your enchantments, like you have to like, first of all, have enchantments in play that, that to bounce at all. You have to attack with it, so that means there has to be something that they can't block. They they can't be able to kill it. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. there's just too much going on. Whereas with this, if you're trying to abuse constellation, I mean, worst case scenario, you get to just bounce and replay itself. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's fine. Like to to get one activation every turn, but then you can really start getting dirty with it, and you can start bouncing like things to trigger heroic, start bouncing uh, other things to make. Uh, the constellation triggers happen while still swinging in with your three, four flyer. You know what I mean? So there, there, I think there's a lot, I think this card is like so much better than flood tide serpent at doing what we wanted flood tide serpent to do. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of the. I mean, that's one of the things I'm most excited about Journey for is to figure out is like, can are you going to be able to build a constellation deck? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there going to be like enough critical mass of constellation cards, and then also other enchantments to actually enable it to actually make like you know a dedicated enchantment deck? And uh, Lord knows I'm going to try, even if it's not good. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you're only going to have this as a 30-year card, so it's going to be kind of hard to get, like, a lot of Constellation cards. Right, right. Um, but I, I want to try it. I'm going to try to draft it, and thankfully, you you draft Journey first, right? Yep, you sure do. Okay, so you'll, you'll know whether you're on board that plan or not uh, going into the rest of it. Right, and that's the good thing about those cards. I feel like they're all fairly powerful on their own. So, like, you don't ha- like if you don't get out of that pack with the with that strategy working you're not completely screwed you didn't ruin your draft you can just you know take the strongest cards from that first pack and uh and uh you know build a deck uh, around those without having to necessarily uh focus solely on uh constellations so um they seem they still they all seem pretty good some some worse than others obviously but uh all the constellation stuff seems pretty exciting so, oh yeah, you were saying that the the heroic creature finally blue gets one that adds counters. Yeah. So previously, it just been basically white and green in terms of monocolored creatures that actually get counters. But uh, it looks like in uh, Journey, they actually for the you know for blue, black, and red, they actually made a generic common creature that has the you know the generic heroic effect where you know whenever you cast a spell, it targets the card. You just put a one one counter on it. So. Uh, in blue, you got you get uh, War Ring Siren, which is mm-hmm. two and a blue for a one three flyer, and it's heroic. And whenever you target it, uh, you put a plus one plus one counter on it, uh, which you had you'd only seen in um, like Battle Lies Hoplite, which is blue and a white. So it seemed like uh, initially it was just a white green uh, effect that got you know just plus one plus one counters. But now I think they 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 added a card in each of the remaining colors. Yeah, and that's cool. Um, you know, I still feel like the other two are the strongest of those mm-hmm. like the red and the black one are really strong and i guess uh since we're uh, about to move on to black let's just go ahead and talk about the black one blood crazed hoplite yeah man the blood crazed hoplite is really good um i mean it's two one for two so it's uh you know it's a it's an aggressive creature and then um it's got the heroic, so it's a two-one human soldier for one and a black uh, heroic. When you cast a spell, it targets it. Put a plus one, plus one counter, and then whenever a plus one, plus one counter is placed on blood crazed hoplite, remove a plus one, plus one counter from target creature and opponent controls. Um, I think that's great because, like, that's one of the things is like even if you were to deal with like one of your opponent's enchantments, a mm-hmm. lot of those creatures will still have the plus one plus one counters and sometimes they can even be too big to deal with, you know? So like being able to like remove counters and that's even if you not, it's not even from the heroic trigger. That's whenever plus one plus one counters are placed on it. So they could be plus one plus one counters from another spell that are completely unrelated. You yeah. Know? So I think that's pretty cool. I and mean, it's just a really aggressive card. And uh, you know, where you've got like tormented hero um, having this, to play turn two, it really allows you to start getting into a decent, like, or just being able to make black a really decent color for uh, for a heroic deck. Yeah, there hadn't been like a limited black heroic uh, deck. So, like, you could, if you if you open the right cards, do white black heroic previously, but it was is extremely rare. But it seems like they're giving uh, some of the support comments to actually make that a thing um, with with Journey to Nix. Yeah, the black was more for the uh, for the tricks 
and for the for the bestow creatures mm-hmm. than for the uh, the actual uh, heroic creatures themselves. So now you've got that that tool uh, at your disposal in black, which is pretty cool. Because I figured... do you think Feast of Dreams is too narrow to play like ever? Feast of Dreams? Yeah, it's one in a black for an instant, and it's destroy target enchanted creature or enchantment creature. Nope. I don't know if I'll play that limited. Oh, yeah, totally. I'll play it. You will? Oh, yeah, I'll play the hell out of it. I think it's great. No, because, like, how many times are you playing against an enchantment creature or an enchanted creature? It happens pretty frequently. Pretty frequently. I think frequently enough... Yeah, no, I think Feast of Dreams is going to be just fine. That that comes up, I feel like, 85% of the time. Like, really? I mean, like, 85% of the time, you're probably sitting across from someone who has one of those two things. Well, yeah, I feel like 90% of the time, like, I cast, like, an Artisan Sorrow, I'm blowing up an enchantment creature, basically. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you just hold this card until it's relevant. Because at some point, it should be. No, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's... I'll I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll try to main deck it one or two times uh, like, like before if, I make make it to make make the decision whether that's a good call or not. Like if people are gonna play Sip of Hemlock, then I see no reason why they shouldn't be playing this. Because worst case scenario is that you play it with six mana out, and then you still have mana up to do something else. Yeah, I you mean, know what I mean. Like because I mean, I, and that's the other thing of just kind of talking about like removal spells. People have been playing Sip of Hemlock. That costs six mana. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, if there's like a Nessian Asp that's uh, monstrous now, it just just kills it. Whereas, uh, you know, this could be a dead card in your hand. It could be, but it probably isn't going to be. It won't kill a Nessian Asp, but um, it will kill, like, one of... It will kill the, the Trample guy. They, it will kill it when they put the Trample guy on him. That's true. You know what I mean? Like... Um, I just feel like it's just one of those cards that will be relevant at some point and it's, you're never going to die with it in your hand because chances are you're more likely to die. Like if you don't draw it when they have something out that meets the conditions, (laughs) does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, And and then another thing, um, other than the hand looking like a butt. I think uh, <laughs> people are going to be playing Spiteful Blow. Like any, I think that's kind of an auto-include, right? Well, yeah, if you're playing Sip of Hemlock, this you know, just happens to also blow up a, lo- a land as well. I think yeah, blowing up a land is, is way, like, costs way more mana than uh, your opponent loses to life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, just having that ability tacked on to Sip of Hemlock is sick. Now, uh, you, were, you, were, you had put on the notes about Farika's Chosen. Um, and about the death touch. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just to answer that question, because Stephen was wondering, like, he's like, why? He's like, do they still put reminder text on uh, on cards anymore? You know, like death like, touch. Yeah. Yeah. And the answer to that is yes on like commons. So like because commons are the cards that newer players are going to see more frequently, um, they do still put um, reminder text wherever possible or as often as they can on common and maybe uncommon cards, but more often than not common cards are going to have the reminder text for death touch. So that way, you know, a newer player has a freak has chosen. They know what the heck a death touch is where they're a lot less likely to have a worst fears. You know what I mean? Yep, but even you're worse, right. I just looked up Sedge Scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> it does have the reminder text. I just never even noticed it. Yeah. Now, but if it was a, if it was a rare card that had death touch, it probably like, like even Fellhide petrifier, 
doesn't have reminder text for death touch. Mm -hmm. It's an uncommon, you know what I mean? So I think they do that. So that gives like newer players a way to check out the rules without having to have like a rule book or look it up online. You know what I mean? Cause they're going to have more, un more commons in their collection than anything else. So any chance they can add reminder text to, um, to like a keyword on a common, they will. So that way it educates uh, newer players. Let's back up a little bit here um, okay. about uh, blue and limited. So crystalline Nautilus, mm -hmm. right. Is a blue and two. It's a four, four uh, bestow two blue and three. Uh, when Crystalline Nautilus becomes the target of a spell or ability, sacrifice it. Enchanted Creature gets plus four, plus four, and has, when this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability, sacrifice it. So, um, this card sucks. Why am I talking about it? Well, um, the thing is, I was just listening to uh, Limited Resources, episode 230, um, where they talk about um, the rules interactions for, uh, for Journey into Nyx. And one of the interesting things that they talked about was that a lot, some of the bestow creatures in this set are meant to bestow your opponent's creatures. Mm -hmm. So it's something I didn't think about at all or even consider for a second. Um, but so let's say you have a crystalline Nautilus, right? You bestow it on your opponent's creature and then you blow it up. Um, you, you target their creature with some ability their creature is sacrificed as a result of the Nautilus's ability, and then you get the Nautilus in play as a 4-4. Yeah. So, like, that's just something to keep in mind um, for, you know, going forward, is that that happens. Yeah, there's a cycle of uncommon uh, bestow creatures that have, you know, they're under-costed for the, the power and toughness boost they give, but um, they give a drawback, which you could potentially use on, on an opponent's creature. And right. there's, there's one of these in each color. Right, I think it's pretty awesome. There's a, there's a lot of applications for that. Um, you know, I think that uh, if, if a Constellation deck is possible, um, these fonts are going to be pretty awesome. I think two of them will be. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Um, I like the font of Fortunes a lot. Um, I think, I mean, I actually like it for Constructed um, because it's... Because, um, I mean, turn two, control decks aren't usually doing anything. But a lot of the control decks want to run Divination, but wish it was an instant speed. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you just drop this on turn two, and then you have, you know, you have, you're, you're able to leave your mana up to counter, or you can use it to draw some cards. Uh, maybe. I, I could, it could, it could, it could work. I, 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 I maybe after rotation. Um, probably more just, so after rotation, yeah. Just, just because, um... I'd rather run a combination of like Azorius Charm or Dictative Crucifix if I'm if I'm going to go down that route. Mm -hmm. If I'm a control deck, I don't know why you would run Dictate, but uh, we'll get into that. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, Hour of Need for Limited is a great finisher. That's amazing. Um, Hour of Need is a blue and two costs a blue and one more for each target beyond the first. Exit, exile any number of target creatures for each creature exiled this way. Its controller puts a 4-4 blue Sphinx creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Um, whoa, that's sick. It's an instant. I mean, it's a, it's a really great finisher um, in limited. Um, it's not going to see any constructed play ever. And the only reason why I say that is because Dragon Shift has been around for uh, two years. Yeah. It hasn't seen any constructed play. So if that hasn't seen constructed play, this definitely won't. Um, but in terms of limited, I mean, that, that was a rare, 
there's not really much considering that for limited, but for, uh, you know, but this is an uncommon. You're going to get this in your pools once in a while, and it's going to be an awesome way to finish games. And it's instant speed, so you can go end of turn, blow up my, th you know, got seven mana up. You can go end of turn, blow up my three creatures, get three, four, fours, next turn swing for 12. Yeah, it's like a, uh, it's a super late game. Um, oh, I can't even remember what it's called. It's like Angelic, uh, it's the, the miracle card from Absence Restored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, what everyone knows what you're talking about. We don't need to Yeah. Um, it, it just turns all your little dinky defensive creatures in, in blue. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool finisher. Definitely. Uh, Sigil Starfish, great. Meh. Uh, great. You could, you could turn it into a Sphinx if you have Hour of Need. <laughs> That's funny. It's, it's O3 blocker. Having that scry on a stick seems pretty fun. Whitewater Naiads, man. That's a really good one for, uh, for limited. Yeah. I mean, that looks sweet. That'd be like the basis of any kind of. Uh, constellation. constellation deck, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Black, we've we, we were into black. I had to back up a little because I had missed some stuff in uh, in blue. I'm not super impressed with black at all. Uh, I'm not either. Not with not not for limited. Um, I've, there are a couple cards I like in constructed, but really, like, I'm looking at every one of these cards and I'm going, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, they're good like enhancers for things. Like, I think gnarled scarhide is awesome. Um, I mean that's 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 probably one of the better cards for constructed in the set. I agree, and um, mostly think, because it's a minotaur. Yes, um, and you know, I mean, like you can draft the minotaur deck. You know, you really can. Um, and having a couple things to uh, to make that work in pack one could be pretty cool. So yeah, um, you know, getting a scarhide or getting a petrifier. You know, they're good cards on their own. So like. The cool thing is you're not committing to Minotaurs by grabbing either one of them. Whereas when you grab a Rage Monger, you're like really all in on something yeah. you might not ever get. You know what I mean? So like if you're able to grab a Scarhide or you're able to grab a Petrifier, and especially if you're able to grab multiples of those cards in pack one, you open a Rage Monger, you're like, okay, word, this is cool. You know what I mean? Like it's actually a lot better. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's actually a little more possible now. Um, oh, you know, uh, Ritual of the Returned could be pretty good in Limited. Ritual of the Returned. Which one's that? Oh, no, I think that's terrible. Ah, I mean, like, someone deals with your bomb. Here you go. You've got, like, a generic zombie version of your bomb. You need a lot of weird things to happen for that card to be good. Yeah. Because you need a, a huge creature. Um, so you, you get your bomb out. Then you need them to deal with it. Then you need this card in your hand. And then you need to you need just a generic version of that card to be something that gets you back in the game where they just dealt with that creature. Right. No, I agree. But I mean, it's it's something. It's interesting. It's instant speed. Mm. So there's some. That's stuff, true. There's some stuff you could do with. If it was sorcery, I wouldn't even be saying these words right now. Sure. Um, but it's it's okay as a sorcery or as an instant. Um, so moving on to red, um, a crow and line breakers really good. Um. Blade Tusk Boar is going to see more work than you even think. The, the line breaker, uh, you know, Intimidate in red is great. And the reason why is because red is not. It wasn't good in Theros. Does that make it sense? Got, it got though? better in Horn. Yeah. Because, like, you, the most of your good, uh, most of your good sealed decks are going to be blue, green, blue, white, green, white. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're like red doesn't really factor into that. So 
you can really piggyback off of like a couple of good red intimidate creatures um and uh and really end the game quickly i had a blade tusk boar utterly destroy me um in limited when it was because it's a reprint i don't know if you knew that Mm -hmm. um it was originally in zendikar i believe i mean Uh, it was an m13 i think oh was it Mm -hmm. okay so you've had a little bit of experience with it yeah um but uh but in in uh, in Zendikar, uh, I just had one. I, I it just destroyed me because I just couldn't deal with it. You know, they stick a creature that's like an odd color, like in terms of like popularity and things mm-hmm. like that, and like it can really get out of hand quickly. And especially the line breaker, because if they're targeting something, if they're targeting line breaker with something, it's probably getting pumped even further. So that yeah. thing, that thing could end the game really quickly, and it's even more aggressively costed than the Blade Tusk Boar. Um, but Blade Tusk Boar will do a lot of work. You're either going to sit there and you're either going to cast it more than you think, or you're going to be dealt more damage with it than you think. Well, I mean, even in M14, there is Academy Raider. Uh, it's two and a red for a one-one that had Intimidate. Yeah. And whenever it dealt combat damage to a player, you could uh, discard a card and then draw a card. I mean, that was a way better than I expected it to be. And then right. the Intimidate played a big part in that. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't. It's funny how, like, you know, if you're playing red, you figure, oh, other people got to be playing red, right? You know, like, but then you're playing against blue, white, blue, green, you know, like different decks that aren't red. So um, if nothing else, it's a great sideboard card, but uh, I feel like it's a card that you're going to main deck more than than uh, you even think you will. As far as finishers go for like red heroic deck or like a red X heroic deck, um, I don't know if there are many printed that are are in this set that are better than uh, blinding flare. Um, and that sounds stupid because it doesn't do much. Nope. But uh blinding flare is one red strive costs one red more to cast for each target beyond the first sorcery uncommon. Any number of target creatures can't block this turn. Okay. So what? Right. But like, if you've got the, the line breaker out, if you've mm-hmm. got the Seder Hoplite out, and then they've got three creatures or something. I'm just saying, for example, um, you can target your creatures to trigger Heroic and target their creatures. It's like the 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 Tap X creatures mm-hmm. in white. It's one of those things where it sounds like, like counterintuitive, but um, something to consider with this card because you can you can deal with their blockers and you can and trigger your heroic abilities just maybe for the last couple points of damage you need. Um, yeah, it'll be a, it'll, it'll be a 24th card for me. So if I'm running 16 lands, this might be the <laughs> one of the last cards. Sure. I mean, like I wouldn't run, like I typically wouldn't run creatures can't block this turn abilities. Like not like, I mean, unless if, if a card said creatures can't block, I'd probably run it, but I'm saying like, mm-hmm. Something like this, it's like, target creature can't block this turn. Okay, so what? But, like, being able to trigger it multiple times and then use the ability, like, just use the card as an excuse to trigger a couple heroic abilities just seems really good. Uh, I wish Flurry of Horns was Tribal Enchantment Minotaur or Tribal Sorcery Minotaur. Yeah. Because that would just be great because it would reduce the cost from Ragemonger. Anything else in red that I was really excited about? Magma Spray. (sighs) Yeah, that card's going to be cast about twenty thousand times in the next two years. Um, I, I just like sigiled skink. 
for <laughs> just for limited. I just like it. It's a two one attacks. You get a scry one. Yeah, which is what you need in an aggro deck. But <laughs> I, I I got no beef with that. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, I think it's great. Having having a scry on a stick for red is just something you wouldn't really expect to have much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it plays right into your strategy. It's not like the card that I really didn't like was like or whatever that enchantment was like tap to draw a card, discard a card. I just don't like. I'm like I don't want to tap my creatures if that's not like if it's not as a result of combat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So just having that like just in addition to what you're already trying, like you're already trying to swing with the guy. So. Just being able to scry when you do, yeah, it's going to be a great card. Wildfire uh, Cerberus could be good in limited. I mean, a, l- a little board wipe, uh, but it's like turn seven, so I don't know. If yeah, that's that I don't great. know. It seems a little late for that. Starfall is instant speed. There's something that, that's going for it. Yay. Yeah, it costs five to deal three damage, though. Yeah. That seems kind of weak. Yeah, it does. Spite of Mogus. No, nope. uh, not that's, in limited. That's, a, that's constructed Not only. in limited, yeah. Um, cause I mean, uh, what was the card that I, I didn't like spell heart chimera. No, I like that in, in, in constructed. Limited. I think there's a way to make that work with, uh, <laughs> these, these cards got played so much. Uh, I can't remember. It was like two red, blue instant where you, um, basically reveal the top five cards and yeah. make a split. Um, I thought that could be really cool cause the other, the other pile goes into the graveyard and grows your, uh, chimera. Mm-hmm. If you're into that kind of thing, but that obviously went nowhere. Mogus is Warhound, um, pretty awesome. That low bestow cost is huge. Yeah, like being able to like bestow it for a red and two, um, pretty awesome. Uh, or it's a two two for two, or it's a bear. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, like when you when you're playing bestow, like the main thing you want is like the lower the bestow cost, the better. I feel mm-hmm. so. Like having that is great. Um, and then, uh, lastly, for for um, limited Seder Hoplite. Yep. Uh, man, I saved the best for last. Um, having that one drop, one one, uh, and then add in the counters. It's like everything that uh, what was the one in red? Uh, a Crow and Crusader. This is just and, much better. Yeah, it's like yeah. everything a Crow and Crusader should have been. Okay, so moving on to green, mm-hmm. uh, Basara Tower Archer uh, is going to be great in limited. It's going to be great in standard. Great card. I think it's okay and limited. You've got bestows. You've got yeah. all kinds of things. I just think it's really good. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I almost want to play this over the centaur, the three-two centaur. You know? Uh, I don't. I'd, I'd rather play. I'd rather play the centaur. I'd just rather have the power and toughness boost. I mean, in constructed, this thing is going to be just super annoying, and there might be a mono green or green white or something like that uh, hexproof deck running around out there easily with this in it. But uh, I'd rather have the swordwise. Uh, centaur yeah well I, I don't know i think i think the card's really great i mean having the reach is awesome uh just think it's really good um colossal heroics is uh like a savage surge that uh also can target more things it's pretty it costs a whole lot though <laughs> yeah but eh, it seems really good i, can... I like golden hind yeah yeah it's just a two one and you know it ramps you if, if you don't need that so it's a two one that doesn't become completely irrelevant in turn four and five. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's 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 true. I mean, like you got the two, like what's a, what was the two one trample, uh, the Seder? Seder Rambler. Yeah, you know that that thing that 
is exactly that thing's role is like you attack with it once and then they drop something bigger and then it sits there until you chump block with it. Yeah. So, I mean, this at least will be able to ramp you in a, in a, in a color that seems to want to do a lot of ramping. Um, and speaking of ramping font of fertility, mm-hmm. bet you're happy as hell to see that card. Yeah, I like it. There's not, there hasn't been like a far seeker rampant growth effect play. That's the you know, le- standard legal. And, um, this is almost as good if you, if you don't have like, cause, cause right now there's not a lot of one drop. This is, this is all constructed talk, but, uh, there's not a lot of one drop accelerants. There's only the elvish mystic. So I, I think you could almost get away with playing this, um, because I'd much rather be running like rampant growth or far seek than, um, the Sylvan Serrated. But, uh, uh, just because there's such a lack of one drops right now, this you, I think you, I think this is the downside is not too bad. Where you know you're paying one extra green for a rampant growth effect, mm-hmm. because you're doing it, you're doing that extra, you're paying the one extra on a turn that doesn't have anything else to do. Cool. Let's see. Crewfix's insight. I know you're mm-hmm. like love this card. Yeah, I mean this is also again for <laughs> this is completely constructed. I mean I, I doubt that you'll have enough enchantments for this to ever be re- a reasonable inclusion in a limited deck. Um, this also wouldn't go in like junk reanimator or even the, the, the green black dredge deck right now. Like this would have to be a new, uh, deck type, but I think there's enough cards to actually make it work where you're running. Basically all your permanents are enchantments. It would have to be, um, whereas, you know, you're drawing three cards, uh, on average, uh, from this, but, uh, I, I think it could actually enable something close to that, you know, in combination with, uh, um, yeah, another constructed playable card, uh, Eidolon of Blossoms, such that, you know, you can just cycle through your deck and then just do something silly with, with all those enchantments. Okay. Yeah. The only other one is one that you had on the list was, uh, Armory of Aroas. Um, I think that card's great. I mean, um, it's like one of the, I don't want to play equipments in this block. Yeah. Because they don't trigger heroic, but at least Armory feels like it's at least doing something. Um, whereas a lot of them don't. So, uh, I think the armory is actually powerful enough that uh, you could play it in, in limited and not feel bad about it. No, and I think they haven't had good equipments in this set just because you're kind of getting the same effect with, with all the enchantments going around. Right, right. Well, there have been some that like I've wanted to play, like the ones mm-hmm. that give haste and the ones that like they can't be blocked except by walls. And I'm just like every time – or the sir- Siren Song Liar. And I'm, yeah. always, I'm always cutting those cards out of my decks. Like always, I don't know. I just never want to play them. But um, anyway, uh, let's move on to standard. So um, first card, top of the pile, Aegis of the Gods, um, a two-one enchantment creature for one and a white. You have hexproof. I was really worried about this card for about thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, there goes the burn deck. The burn deck's dead. And then I was like, oh yeah, you just magma jet it. Yeah, or, you know, especially uh, Searing Blood. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so yeah, Aegis of the Gods, s- scary in theory, not really going to be scary in practice. Yeah, I mean, this is more, I was thinking this is more for, like, modern or legacy, where you could play this, where it's something you could tutor up and play it against, like, Storm, because then, you know, Tendrils of Corruption, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know what they're supposed to do versus that. No, not nothing really. Yeah, like, you're just kind of out of luck and it's something that you can like tutor for in both those formats. So, right. uh, standard, probably not. Right now. I don't think it's that great. Uh, it's one of those. Yeah. It's, you look at it, you go, Oh no, but no, it's not going to be that good. Uh, you think, what do you think about DSI? 
Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't decided about this card yet. Oh, boy. Sideboard, definitely. Um, it's it's one of those things that, like, it's it's probably a, a, a definite sideboard card. I don't see it being good enough to be main deck. Of course, we don't no. know how. Well, we don't know how crazy enchantments are going to be after rotation. That's true. You know, there could be enchantments in every single deck. If there are, great. Um, if there are gods in every single competitive standard deck, yeah, sure. Run it I mean, there's already people running main deck. Um, uh, what's the one white that exiles an enchantment or Revoke artifact? Existence. Yeah, like pe- people are main decking lately. And one of those not, now. And they're main decking that for enchantments, not artifacts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, so that could actually be just fine. Um, and uh, being able to deal with all the gods seems really good. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's it, on, it seems great in theory. It might be great in practice. Yeah. You know, um, banishing light. It's not fair. Why does blue white control get another uh, detention sphere? I mean, I think this is fine actually, because when I was ever play, whenever I was playing those like white weenie decks, like I, I just wanted Oblivion Ring so bad for the sideboard. Yeah, it's just yeah. like kind of like a catch-all answer, and you know, this is just basically Oblivion Ring with the updated rules text. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and sweet art. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that it's here, and I like yeah, and I like the fact that it like can be played in something like white weenie because white weenie is like what I'm looking to right now to build. Um, do dictate of Heliod? Do we think it's any good? No, no. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it should be good. It's a flash, you know, but eh, yeah, probably just not. Uh, Spirit Spear of Heliod's way better. Comes yeah. down earlier, and um, I can't. A collective blessing's been legal for <laughs> some time now, and that and that sees no play. That's true, and that's like I, plus I think... three, plus three. You can't really get bigger than that. Yeah. Now, I like a, huh? Uh, I was gonna say Eidolon of Rhetoric. That's exa- uh, yeah. Me too. That's a that's a modern card though. I mean, that's for because uh, you see these like pod decks running uh, Rule of Law in their sideboard yeah. uh, for Storm, which is the best hate card versus Storm. And this is a creature you can actually like pod up to. So um, I think that's it's a really good and and it doesn't get bolted, which is you know the most commonly played card in, in modern because well, it's got four toughness. You know, and I was gonna say the same thing though about uh, standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Eidolon is awesome against the burn decks because it's got four yeah. toughness and it limits them to being able to play one spell per turn, which is like, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that, it helps your math a lot because whenever you're playing against the burn deck, like you, you guys start doing math, it's like, okay, so what if those last two cards are both Boros Charms? Then I only have, you know, X amount of life to deal with this. Um, but yeah, that helps a lot. I think it's going to be really good. Um, Godsend? It's, ugh, what the heck? Bad. You think it's bad? Yeah. Really? I mean, it's a it's a final solution for uh, Mist Hollow Griffin, um, but that's about the only application uh, I really see for it. I don't know, man. Plus three, plus three. I mean, like, just basically doesn't die. I mean, I don't know. I think it's I think it's good. Like, if you're playing White Weenie, like, I think <laughs> it'll be good in like a mirror. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um. I, or like or, or aggro mirror, not necessarily white on white. You know what I mean? Just like aggro mirror. Uh, now, an interesting interaction that's never going to actually see constructed play is uh, Battlefield Thaumaturge mm-hmm. makes launch the fleet's strive cost free. Yeah. So, like, if you have Battlefield Thaumaturge and any other number of creatures, mm-hmm. like, you can just cast launch the fleet for one white and target as many other creatures as you want for free. That seems sweet. It does seem sweet. I don't know. I don't know if it's worthwhile, but it seems sweet. Um, 
that's exciting to me. I don't know if Launch the Fleet gets played. I don't know if there's a tokens deck or whatever, you know? I, I think you'd, you'd rather be playing one of those uh, X-Tap spells like either Gridlock or Glare of the Sun God uh, for free, um, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and you also get to... I think tapping all your opponent's creatures is way more powerful than uh, you getting a bunch of 1-1 one, one White Soldier tokens. Well, wh- which card does that? Uh, like Glare of the Sun God, isn't it? From Born. Oh, oh, okay. It's X. See, it's X and a white. So like your your. Oh my goodness, that's right. You can. Oh my god. Because like so like yeah you 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 swing with all your guys you cast it trigger all your heroics and then you tap all their uh their 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 blockers before the declare blockers oh, part. Oh man, so. that's crazy. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I like that. That's really good. That's a cool interaction. Uh, Nick's fleece ram we've already decided is uh very mean to mono red. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, and they they got Therese Nelson to do the art, so they must have thought it was going to be good. I think that <laughs> I think that's funny too, because like yeah, and she's only allowed to um, draw tier one cards. Yeah, uh, which is very strange. I don't know if that's an arrangement they have or what. Um, oppressive rays um, again, Uh-oh. like I said, like I said, you know, people were already trying to make a sphere of safety work. Mm-hmm. You know, oppressive rays fits right into that plan. It fits into a bad plan. It does. I'm not saying the sphere of safety is a good plan. I'm just saying the people were trying to make that work. This gets this will be alongside of that. Tethmos High Priest is probably the best card in the set. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, I think I think that card goes a long way towards making oh like a blue white heroic deck um, actually competitive, especially alongside you know battle you know because it'll it'll get its bro uh, battlefield thaumaturge right back to the battlefield. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think I think that card's ridiculous. I saw that. I was like, I was like, okay, return a creature to a less to the to your hand to the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> no way. I've I've been sitting there hovering with like soldiers of the pantheon and precinct captains in my like carts for a long time, but I haven't pulled the trigger. I'm just like, oh man, I need to do this. No, don't do it. Just trade for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. stop, stop. Don't buy into all this. That's like, I feel like it's that good. Um, yeah, uh, the last card in white that I, that I wanted to mention is just Skybind. I mean, I just want to make that work somehow, but it's just too expensive. And I don't think it's that good. I mean, five mana, if it was on a creature, mm-hmm. if that ability was tacked onto like a creature, even if it was like a 2-2 or something, I think it would be fine. But I just don't like it. So for blue, you were saying um, Dictative Crewfix. I don't think it's good. I... Was almost of the same um, mindset, but I've read a couple articles where people made the case for it in uh, control decks, and I, I could actually see that, just because um, you flash in at the end of your turn, um, and now you're you're or you're flashing in at the end of your opponent's turn. You're drawing the extra cards. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for the you know your uh, <laughs> mazes in deck. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that this kind of card isn't going to be good in a control deck because you're going to give the red player an extra card every turn. You're going to get the card first, but then they're going to get two cards. Yeah. But I mean, but versus a red deck, like once you stabilize, it almost doesn't matter how many cards they draw. The thing is, this is is the thing. Like these cards, there've been a lot of cards printed like this that give like each player a card. Mm -hmm. They're only really good in a deck that doesn't care how many cards you draw. Yeah. Like like, turbo fog. (laughs) Yeah. Like fog or like just a combo deck. If you're just trying to combo out, you can play a dictate, 
But that's been the thing. Like, Howling Mine has never been good in control. You know what I mean? Like, even mm-hmm. if the, even if it was instant speed, like like no like how like control decks have never played Howling Mine. They've never played. Um, what was the one that tap each player draws a card? I can't remember. Yeah, but you don't have to tap out for this. Is the thing like you can do it at the end of turn while holding up Counter Magic. Yeah, but I mean, I just eh, no. I mean, like if there's a combo deck, mm-hmm. you know, it could be great for Maze's End. That's one of the ones I was thinking about was uh, Maze's End. Yeah, but that's the only deck that exists right now that this card's going to be really good in. I don't see this ever seeing play in top eight control decks. I, I could see it after rotation since they're losing so many cards. <laughs> maybe, maybe if they're hurting for cards, but they'll get a whole big set. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think Fawn of Fortunes after rotation, same thing. Could, could maybe, see yeah. Play. And I almost think that's better. No, I disagree the there. I uh, I don't know. We'll see. Hypnotic Siren. I think that immediately goes into Mono Blue. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather oh, play that than Judge is Familiar. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'd rather them play that than Judge, Judge is Familiar, too. Um, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I can see that. Or, you know, you could just run more one-drops. I don't know. Uh, or make it, like, maybe a 3-3 three, three mix, 2-2. Two, two. I don't know. I, I think it's... Um, because Judge is Familiar is only useful, like, on turn one or two, maybe. Unless you have them in multiples. And even then, I mean, it's only really good versus, like... Control, uh, whereas Hypnotic Siren, I mean, it's just it's just a great card off the top, early or late game, um, versus anyone running creatures, which is most the, most of the other decks in the format other than Control. Yeah, um, Pool from the Deep, I think could see some play in a blue Control deck, um, returning an instant and a sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Mm-hmm. That seems uh, good, or or it could enable some sort of combo. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I like I like that, but I, I think just for four mana for a sorcery, uh, I don't th- I don't I don't think there's any. I'd rather be playing a Jace, and just you know trying to get from my my library. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Again, maybe after rotation. Maybe, yeah. Um, moving on to black here, brain maggot. <laughs> yeah, that's a, some nasty art. Yeah, um, that's a cool card. I mean, um. It's like a Sin Collector. Uh, but a little Sin bit, Collect- yeah. But Sin Collector exiles permanently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, if you're, I don't know, it could be good. Maybe good, uh, like, if you're, you know, in an Esper Mirror, it could be a good sideboard card. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, they just have Something so much. where they're going to take out their removal. That, yeah, I could see that. The problem is it's just a 1-1, so it's not like a, um, I can't remember what it's called, the black-white zombie that does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where it at least beats down for two a turn. Right. This one seems okay. I, I don't know. I don't see a game play, but maybe it will. Maybe. Um, extinguish all hope. Um, eh, probably not. Uh, maybe in that all enchantment creature deck. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you've got Master of the Feast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you've got Night Howler. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, like maybe a Night Howler, like, Herald of Torment master of the feast like this having like one or two of these at the top yeah to just like clear everything else out um eh, could work uh i think the i think that the Felhide petrifier and the gnarled scarhide um both go into the minotaur deck if it's if it's uh constructed playable yeah um, i think uh the the numbers are four on the scarhide and two on the petrifier um because you've got a lot of three drops competing with that slot, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think, you, and you don't need multiples of Death Touch. No. So I think just two of them is good. Um, yeah, and if you have the Trample one, then you know. 
It's yeah. a nice little combo. <laughs> right. No, it really is. We've learned that the hard way with the mono green deck. Um, Master of the Feast. Sure. You think that gets played? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little weird. It's a little clunky. I think I think there's I think there's a way to make it work really well. And um, I think part of the way to make it work is the um, tormented thoughts. Uh, like, like Whispering Madness. Oh no, tormented thoughts. Yeah, you're right. So you go to tormented thoughts. <laughs> you know, you play the creature. You swing for five. I mean, they they uh, they get a card. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then you make them discard all their cards. Yeah, so that's the one. It's two and a black. To you sack a creature and target player discards the number of cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you basically empty their hand and hit them for five. That seems seems all right. And tormented thoughts. Uh, seems like the kind of card uh, for mono black devotion that makes the red strategy, the red splash, almost irrelevant. Like, I feel like you don't really need it anymore since we've got this card at our disposal. I don't know if I'd go that far, because you still need a creature to sacrifice, which is still asking a good amount. Yeah, but you've got, I mean, with a deck that has Desecration Demon, True. and, and if you add the 5-5 five, five Demon, you probably have a creature that makes them discard their hand. Now, I don't, I don't think Mono Black Control or, you know, the, the normal Mono Black Devotion plays Master of Feast. I think it's the Mono Black Aggro deck. And, you know, if you want to get crazy, I saw people talking about, you know, Master of the Feast plus, like, Notion Thief or uh, Whispering Madness to kind of, like, turn off the drawback, basically. Um, I, I know I'll try it, even if it's not good, but... Right. Um, Bearer of the Heavens plus Boros Charm is something I'm going to do in standard <laughs> for rotation. That sounds like an EDH thing. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to you. No, I'm just kidding. No, that, that game's going to be over by turn eight. I don't think so. That's the most amazing interaction in standard that's never going to be played. Yeah. Like, that's uh, it's so fantastic. I want it so bad to happen. That's uh, so weird. It doesn't happen immediately. I know. I know. It's the strangest thing. Um, it takes a while for that whole world to tip over. Yeah. Um, Dictate of the Twin Gods? No. Mm-hmm. No? You don't think so? Uh, people are going to try it, but... I'm going to uh, try it. It costs five. Yeah. Like, do you really... I mean, like, if you're playing this, you're, it's probably the last card in your hand. True. I mean, like, in Burn, I, in the Burn decks I've been playing, I, I occasionally will run some five drops. Like, um, it's either between Storm Breath, uh, Dragon, or... Um, Assemble. Uh, Symbol of Legion, or even I, I tried Pyromaster's Gauntlets. Oh wow! Uh, they but again, actually, none of them were that bad. But this, I think, this is actually better because it goes with like all the rest of the cards in your deck, and you could just like start looking at your hand and like that Boris Charm. If you flash this in into turn, you you untap. Then I mean, almost any two cards is going to kill them. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the fact that it has flash does make a big difference. Because mm-hmm. you, pl- I mean, you play that that deck at flash, you know. Flash speed the whole time right. for the most part. I don't. I don't see it as more of a one or two of though. I can't. Oh, absolutely that. no! You're not going to run four of. No. Yeah. Um, Idol of the Great Revel. I know you're like in love with this card. I mean, it's it's um, pyrostatic pillar on a stick. Yep, love it. It's it, modern. Play it in standard. Maybe even play it in legacy. So <laughs> forth. Definitely. Font of Ire in burn. No. 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 I mean, it does five. That's a lot of mana. If you stick it, like, if you stick the card, you know, like, they can't counter the five. That's, I mean, that is true, and it gives you, like, an, an additional option, like, you know, in a turn, instead of uh, trying to lightning helix them, you do this. But, I mean, there's so, I mean, four drops, you don't want that many. Right. 
Yeah, no, it's just it's just interesting. I don't know. Um, magma spray, man, that's gonna be played so many times. I'm so mm-hmm. excited to have that back. And instant speed. Everyone's like, oh my god, they printed a card that's pillar of flame, but with instant speed. I'm like, yeah, that was yeah. Like shards of Alar or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Prophetic flame speaker. Yeah. I mean, people are excited about this. I don't even know what the price is. It's it's actually pretty high. I think. Um, I don't really see it. Like. I can see it as like a sideboard card in maybe red green monsters or something like that versus can I, I just don't know. I, I don't see when you play this thing. Yeah. It, it's three mana for something that doesn't really affect the board uh, until it gets to swing. Um, and when it does swing, it's not even that intimidating um, unless you can like back it up with, I don't know, a gore clan rampager or um, some sort of giant growth effect. I, I don't know. It seems like it needs a lot of help. And for a three drop that doesn't really do too much on its own, I, I don't see it. People are very excited about it, but and the thing is, is like, yeah, you hit them twice, but then like, do you actually have? Because you're probably gonna need to spend some mana to actually get them through. And then I don't know how much mana you're supposed to have left over to cast two additional cards that are exiled. Um, where that's the problem with like uh, Chandra, where you're, you know, just the, just the exiling the one. Sometimes you don't even have the the mana to cast it. So I don't really see it. Yeah, Spider Mogus will get played. Yeah, I think so too. I um, mean, the burn deck, it's it's like better than. Uh, it's better than shock. I mean, I saw someone write about that, and I, I agree. And it, it could even do the same thing as uh, pill, um, not pillar of flame, but uh, pyre harvest did with uh, uh, boros reckoner like two seasons ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where you just kind of finish someone off with that. Um, I, I think that's got definitely got potential, even though it's a sorcery. There was like one or two more things on red, like uh, mm-hmm. the Mogus's warhound. Yeah. Uh, you think that's constructed playable? I do. Yeah, but just barely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could see it. I could see it being. Uh, I could see it being played and constructed. I also like harness by force, just because. Um, Act of treason is is constructed playable, and this is uh this is one with like some some amount of upside if you actually have the additional mana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could just, I mean, just completely blow them out because normally uh, if you're playing an aggro red deck, they'll you know leave behind maybe one blocker but if you or especially you know if they have two you could just that's just a huge swing in potential damage whereas they can't block it and now you're just adding it to your attack force i, I think harness by force definitely gets played in the sideboard if, if there's a mono red deck sure um i think that uh so um you know we've been we've been kind of entertaining we've at least entertained the idea of a minotaur tribal deck on this podcast um you know probably more than we should um, but I, I want to believe it's there. Um, and right now I think that it's really, there's a really interesting thing that you could do, uh, with that deck. So twin flame, right? Mm-hmm. Twin flame is, um, w- one in a red. It's a sorcery strive cost is a red and two choose any number of target creatures. You control for each of them, put a token. That's a copy of that creature onto the battlefield. Those tokens have haste exile them mm-hmm. at the beginning of the next end step. So, um, you know, the first thing that Ryan Germore said was, oh, my God, this with Fnatic of Mogus, you know, like super excited, which I get that, you know, you can make a copy of it for one in a red, but you can't make multiple copies of it. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, so you can't make multiple copies of it. But if you have a um, if you have a Boros Reckoner and a Fnatic of Mogus, you can make a copy of both. And it mm-hmm. adds four to the devotion, which is huge. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so this is the interesting thing is that like, 
there aren't a lot of lords and stuff to make the 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 tribal minotaurs deck like really super powerful but you do have this really cool interaction at the top of the curve that you would probably run in like a devotion deck anyway yeah you know you'd probably if you're running a red devotion deck you'd probably be running the minotaur the the boros reckoner you'd probably be running the fanatic of mogus and then, I, I do like that. I like, I like Twin Flame as like the pseudo five drop at the very top of your top of your curve. And you just, you know, if there's a couple of Lords out, if it's got Boris Reckoner plus, you know, the, yeah, um, Fanatic out. Yeah, I actually do kind of like that combination. This might move it up to uh, tier two and a half status. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I think that's a really cool thing. I mean, because you do have that super aggressive start where you've got the, like, the two, three for two. Why do all minotaurs have a two three as their power and toughness hurloom minotaur but he's it's the he's the og care. minotaur i don't care <laughs> and then uh, there's that uh <laughs> the the double minotaur basically from m14 do you remember that thing oh no oh uh, i gotta find it it's it's basically two minotaurs sewn together so it's like <laughs> a four six <laughs> it's just stupid oh the black one yeah the zombie minotaur yeah, Minotaur Abomination. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's hysterical. It really is. They're all two threes, and that one's mm-hmm. two Minotaurs sewn together, and it's a four six. The flavor of that is really funny in hindsight. So yeah, so I don't know. I'm actually really interested in the deck. Um I'm 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 gonna make it I'm gonna try it. Actually I'm gonna tell you this right now, I'm gonna say this right now on the podcast. I am playing red black minotaurs at game day. Do it straight up. No, I'm doing it. I, I decided it like last night. I was like, yep, I'm doing that. That's going to be fun. I'm playing that. So, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, if it doesn't work at game day, where could it work? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So let's move right like your, on. Your maze is indexed. Okay. At, at game day. So I guess True. that's the place for it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, moving right on to green, uh, Basara tower archer. I know you're excited about this for constructed. Yeah, I mean, I just think it, it, it enables a green-heavy hexproof deck. I mean, it's just dangerous to print this many hexproof creatures because you, uh, you have the green one-drop that's hexproof. Now you have a two-drop that's hexproof, and then you have the uh, Witch Stalker uh, that's a three-drop. Um, you, you don't really need to. You're, you're getting to, like, a critical mass of, uh, of creatures where that, where that can really work out for you. True. Um, the other card I really like in green is Eidolon of Blossoms, again, in that really weird all-enchantments deck with uh, Crewfix's Insight. Um, I feel like there might be something there. I might, e- I might even play the all-enchantment deck at game day. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Let's, yeah, let's play some weird decks at game Let's have some fun with game day this time. All right. I'll let's play all enchantments. Cool. You play all enchantments. I'll play Minotaur Tribal, and uh, <laughs> we'll see where that goes. That'll be fun to try. Satessan Tactics is going to be great out of the sideboard for, for green aggro decks. Satessan Tactics? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you could almost wipe people's boards with that. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're playing like green aggro kind of deal. Um, and there already is kind of a green aggro deck right now. Um, that could be really great. Um, the Hydra Broodmaster, that's pretty crazy. They like Hydras. They they've, do. <laughs> they've printed a lot of Hydras recently. Really I don't do. like it, though. <laughs> I think it's cool. I mean, it adds a lot of creatures to the board. Like, I think that it's, I think it's cool. Um, you've got enough cards right now that are like X monstrosity, X monstrosity that I almost feel like some sort of mega ramp deck mm-hmm. could happen. Um, who knows? You know, this yeah, is the, spe- this is all speculative at this point. It'll the all last, uh, the last green got the card I really like is uh strength from the fallen. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a cool effect and, 
there, I, I could see it somehow being broken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and another enchantment. Yeah, maybe. Depends. All enchantment deck. There you go. There you go. Make it happen, yeah. dude. Make it's it work. Fixes insight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ferris Band Warchief, Centaur Tribal. Will it happen? No. No, sadly. Is there a one drop, one drop Centaur? I don't, I don't think so. There's all of the Conclave, and then there's like... There's definitely the two drops. Forcer. Yeah, I don't know. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, probably not. Um, well, there's a there's Mutavault. That's a one drop. Sure. Um, a Johnny Mentor of Heroes. I don't like him. I don't like him either. I think he's terrible. Yeah. I mean, for one more mana, you either get um, Elspeth or the Garrick, and I think both of those are way better. No, I think he's totally hyped. Uh, trade him at the pre-release. Yeah. Uh, Athreos, appropriately hyped. Yep. Amazing card. Uh, makes me want to play Black White Devotion, like more than Mono Black. Um, because a lot of the problem is like you've got these big creatures and then they deal with them and then you go sometimes you go oh crap I'm just drawing lands yeah you know so at least this way like it's just another way for you to like have a chance to come back from that um, disciple of deceit um, no <laughs> oh man like I mean sideboard against the mirror like against like against another control deck oh dude it's awesome are you kidding I don't think so <laughs> I think it's good I think I think it's good I think it, I think it'll um, of course, I said the same thing about Pain Seer, but yeah. I think that it'll see play in like uh, Esper Mirror. No, sideboard. I think <laughs> absolutely not. Um, Eroas got a victory. Maybe uh, we, we. I think we like it. Yeah. Uh, Karanos is awesome. It just needs a deck. Yeah, absolutely. Crufix is actively terrible. It's a middle finger to people that don't play EDH. Yep, it really is. It's awful, awful card. Terrible card. Hate it. Uh, although. <laughs> Although, you know, if we're looking for stuff that ramps for X. Yeah, that's eh, true. Maybe it could, but I don't think it's going to. Nix Weaver, you are like ridiculously excited about. Oh, yeah. It's fine. I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I think it's I, I've been playing that green black dredge deck, which I think I'll probably be playing in the new standard. Um, and this just slots right in. It's fantastic at that. Um, it, it probably replaces. There's a few cards that could be upgraded, like Lotlof Troll and uh, you know some others. I think there's just so many really good cards for that deck in this set yeah. that people are actually probably going to start playing Graveyard Hate. Yeah, you know I think so too. Um, Farika, God of Affliction. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it's okay. <laughs> I don't think it's good, and the reason why is because I feel like the graveyard decks that you're trying to play kind of want your creatures to stay in the graveyard, where this mm -hmm. takes them away. I mean that's true, but this is good for like a mirror match. You it does say for it does say from a graveyard. I didn't actually. Yeah, but you give them a one one, which is not. Oh, not they get it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of counteract, uh, counterintuitive to the graveyard strategies that are presenting themselves right now. Um, because like I feel like you want to have a gigantic night howler. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and then like trying to remove creatures to make little creatures like is, it doesn't go with the strategy of the deck. That's it, what I'm saying. But so, I think you turn this guy on, like, pretty often, especially since you played Gerard. Yeah. You'd be, like, swinging with this guy on turn four, which is pretty nice. Yeah, you could just beat down with him. I guess that's a good point. So, yeah, maybe he works. Maybe you just barely use the ability except for, like, breaking case of emergency. I'm a 5-5 five, five for three. And early on, I mean, 1-1 one, one death touch creatures are great versus uh, aggro. So, yeah. yeah that. That's true, too. Um, I think that's the last card that is worth talking about. Other I'll than... play Underworld Coinsmith. <laughs> yeah, I certainly won't. Okay. Um, Mana Confluence. Yeah, I mean, amazing. everyone's already talked about that. Great. Yeah, we all know. It's amazing. So uh, we just had a quick list we want to run down. Um, uh, hot or not? Yeah. <laughs> so hot or not? 
Oh yeah, so we should mention the rules. Okay. Uh, <laughs> basically, it's uh, we either say it'll be main deck and a top eight standard deck. Uh, what do you think by the time M15 comes out? Sure. Yeah. Um, and either yes, sideboard or just no. Okay. And we'll total it up at some point or not. <laughs> Probably not. We don't have time. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So day aside, you say yes. Day aside, sideboard. Mm-hmm. We both said sideboard. Johnny's yeah. presence. Uh, no. Yes. Okay. Uh, Dawnbringer Charioteers. Um, no. No. Godsend. I say no. Yes. Uh, okay. Launch the fleet. <laughs> I'm going to be optimistic and say yes. Yes. I said yes, too. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, I said yes, too. Uh, even though I kind of had my doubts when we were talking about it earlier. I say yes. Nix uh, okay. Fleece Ram. Sideboard. Sideboard. Definitely. Tethmos High Priest. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I have yes three times. Uh, <laughs> Battlefield Thaumaturge. Yes. No. No. I say really? No. Uh, you know, although that interaction with the with the X tap spell is pretty interesting, um, but I say no. Uh, Dictative Crucifix. Uh, yes. Uh, I say yes, but only if there is a combo deck. So it's conditional, yes, but yes. Uh, Hypnotic I... Siren. Yes. No. <laughs> but when you say after you mentioned the Devotion deck. Maybe, but I'm, I'm saying no. Okay. Sage of Hours. Sideboard? No. <laughs> I say no. I say EDH, brah. That's what I sure. say. Sure, yeah. Uh, Blood Crazed Hoplite. No. Yes. Okay. I say yes. All right. Um, there's already a black aggro deck that runs Bestow Creatures. I say yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, Brain Maggot. No. Yes. Okay. Maybe sideboard. Sideboard is probably more accurate, but I wrote yes. But I'll say okay. sideboard. Doomwake Giant. No, sadly. No, no. Extinguish All Hope. Sideboard. I want to say yes, but I say no. Okay. Master of Feasts. Yes. Yes. All right. S- Silence the Believers. Uh, Sideboard. Yes. Okay. I say yes. At least a one of main. Alt- I think it replaces main deck ultimate price for black. Okay. Uh, just a one of. Uh, maybe more in the side. Squelching Leeches. Yes. No. <laughs> I say no. Okay. Uh, tormented Thoughts. I want to say yes, but I'm going to say no. <laughs> side Sideboard, yes. Okay. I'm going to say no. Uh, Dictate of the Twin Gods. I'm going to say sideboard. I say no. I say not in the top eight deck, but yes, played. We know Ryan. <laughs> oh, I'll try it. <laughs> I, I think I, I don't think it I don't think it does the job, but I think that people will try it. Sure. Um, Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mogus's Warhound. No. Yes. Okay. I wrote yes. Uh, Prophetic Flame Speaker. No. Uh, I said mayhaps. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that actually counts. Um, but uh, uh, sideboard. Yeah, I mean, it's probably sideboard, but I'm just going to say no. I just, just because it's like being hyped, and I just want to be a contrarian. Sure, sure. I'll say sideboard. Um, okay. Spite of Mogus. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. I say yes. Uh, uh, actually, no, I wrote sideboard, but I'm saying okay. yes. But yeah, no, um, yes, sideboard. I love the interaction with Boros Reckoner. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Twin Flame. No. Yes. Okay. Basara Tower Archer. Uh, yes. Yes. Eidolon of Blossoms. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. I wrote yes. Uh, I'm Kruf- being optimistic here. Crufix <laughs> is, in- is insight. 
Uh, my heart says yes. I, I, I wrote in all caps, make it happen. That was addressed ah, to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> set us in tactics. Uh, sideboard. I think si- I wrote yes, but I think I meant sideboard. Okay. Um, solidarity of heroes. Oh, no. No, no, no. 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 Too no. cute. If there's nothing with count, it's just too many requirements. Yeah. Uh, strength from the fallen. No, even e- even though I say yes, no, no. I wrote yes. I said yes. Really? Yeah, I think that deck's gonna work. I think that deck's. I, gonna it, it could. I want like that's another one where <laughs> reason says no, but I, I want to believe. <laughs> um, Johnny. No. No. Nick's wow. <laughs> yeah, I said no. I feel like someone's gonna try, it, but yeah, not no. even hesitation. No. Yeah. Nick's Weaver. Yes. I said yes. Capital letters. Uh, yes. Uh, all minor in capital letters. That doesn't count. Underworld Coinsmith. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. No. I say no. Okay. Um, the gods. Yeah. A- Athreos. Yes. Yes. Eroas. No. I said yes. Uh, Karanos. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I said yes, but I don't know why. Like, I don't think it has a home. It's really good, but yeah. It's really good. I think I think it's almost a deck that makes a new deck. Mm-hmm. I think it's that good. I think it's that good that like people will build a new deck to to comp to make it happen. Uh, Krufix. Uh, no. No. Uh, Farika. Yes. I think after uh, after talking about it, yes, I wrote I don't know mm-hmm. because of the counterintuitive interaction there. But um, if you're just running it as a beater, oh yeah, because it definitely activates. So yeah, I'll say yes. Okay. All so right. Go. So that's our that's our rundown of uh of the journey into Nick's spoiler. So it's a good uh, thing we made this another episode. Yeah, for real, right? I, there will be some editing here. Okay. But, cool. Um, you know, uh, there'll be some editing on both. But Sounds still, good. we've got we've got two pretty beefy episodes. I figured they would be. So. Cool. Awesome. So that's everything. Um, we're just going to get off here, but uh, we've talked. Oh, about- we're not going to do our third NBA playoff preview episode. Uh, well, this looked up and Spurs are up by five. Yeah, <laughs> knew it. That's alive. But it still oh, make money. Man, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. Eh, boy. Yeah. Here we go. This is why I this is why I'm glad I was only barely paying attention to this. This. Uh, yeah, it'd be frustrating game. otherwise. For real. Cool. All right. All right. That's all we have for this week. We are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Too much.